You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. Sid Talk. Hey, Scully. What is the thing that bugs you the most out of things? What do you mean, all of life? Yeah, like uh, like something list. that grosses you out or really annoys mm. you. Uh, and, and I know you would have a long list of things, <laughs> knowing you. Number but one. What's your number one worst one? Grossness is listening to people chew their food. Yeah, which is a weird one, isn't it? Because it, I don't. To me, I that's nothing, right? I don't, I don't even hear. Even if somebody's really being disgusting, I don't. It doesn't register with me, like. And I can barely, I can't even stand to listen to myself. You can't, you can't actually. If somebody swallows and they're in the vicinity of you, I see you flinch. Yep. Even if I swallow, just normally a drink of water. Or chewing. Yeah, but like, if I just drink, drink it, and it, yep. and it makes the noise. And if somebody has their mouth closed, but as they chew, they've got that like. Now, so, if you're doing it on purpose just to get at me because you know it bugs me, then I just think you're an idiot. It doesn't bother me in the least. But it just casual... And I, for my own self, too. If I'm chewing something real crunchy, if anyone's within, like, 50 yards of me, then I'm super, super, super paranoid about it, and it but it, it grosses me out. I can hear my own juices and... Ugh. So, how where's this going? <laughs> Other than confessing to the world. Now everyone's going to be like, I'm never going to lunch with her. No, never. <laughs> And my worst is hair. Was, this is where it came from. My worst mm. is hair in my... If, if there's hair in my food. Right. And it goes in my mouth. Okay. I can't explain how terrible that is. I feel like I'm going to die when it happens. It doesn't happen very often. Sometimes it happens. It's not as bad if it happens at home and I know it's your hair or mine, right? <laughs> but if I'm in a restaurant and there's random hair in my mouth that could might be mine or yours... But it's pr- to me, it's from somewhere else, like in the kitchen, or, or right, or something, or a pet dog, or something. Yeah, that's. And my, what does it do to you? Like, what's your reaction? It makes to me it? feel like I'm going to throw up. Just the thought of it. But you, th- but by think you have to think about it consciously. If I think about it, right, and it's not even occurring now, think about a ha- like some hair in my mouth. <laughs> it makes me feel sick. <laughs> So, yeah, that's uh, the things that bug us the most. I don't think we've ever covered that topic, so I thought we would cover And what brought it up, did you say? Just that. We were talking about hair and food earlier, for some reason. No, we were talking about a friend was on an airplane, and there was a hair in the window, and she has a thing about just, oh, yeah. um, stray hair that has fallen off. Like, I know that when I'm going to see her, I need to make sure I, I'm blonde. That very, wasn't very in blonde. an airplane, was it? That was this porch yeah. door she was looking at. No, it was an airplane. Oh, in the airplane window, she had to ride with that hair on the airplane window the whole time. Oh, I time. thought it was the porch where mm-hmm. she was sat. So, I know, to make sure I've picked off every one of my... Because uh, I wear black or dark, so I'll make sure I have no stray hair. Because she'll fixate on it, from what I understand. Just like I do when I'm with people eating. I, I was wondering, we saw her this week. And I, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking, now, oh, did I have any hair on me? Well, I probably didn't. It makes, you think, it makes me think about it every time I go to see her. You probably can't see dark hair on me. Hopefully with me... She will say to me, or go to me, come up to me and go, I just have to get rid of that and pluck it off. That's fine. I hope that she would feel comfortable to tell me, because I don't mind picking off stray hairs. All right, so, uh, moving on. It is Saturday... No, it's not. It's Sunday, June the... No, Sunday, July the 1st. By the way, that was the before, the after the show discussion. You've got to name the thing, the segments, what I they are. I just leave that, because I know you're going to say it. 
Right. So it's Sunday, July the 1st. Welcome to July, everybody. The hottest month of the year, probably. And uh, the weather here is um, very hot. It's Saturday, June the 30th. Uh, it is when we're recording this, but I always use the date of when this goes up. Oh, right. So, that, so they're not going, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. This gets published on the on tomorrow. Have, okay. you, have you never realised that? Tomorrow's Sunday. Yeah, that's when it goes up, Sunday night. No, I always hear you say today's date, but that's fine. I do not, and I have not for a long time. (laughs) Anyway, it's Sunday, July the 1st, first day of July, very hot. Um, So hot, our air conditioner is struggling to keep us cool. But But doing a fine job. Doing a fine job. We just pushed it up a few notches so so it's not on 24 hours a day, basically. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, what was it? Why has it been this week? 110? 106, 107. And it's apparently... It's going to continue for a while. Yeah. It's summer, people. Get over it. Um, it's, yeah, easier said than done. No, it's summer. You can't do anything about it. That's it. So <laughs> this is after the show number 230, and the movie we're looking at this week is Wrath of the Titans, or the USA title is Clash of the Titans 2, which is not as exciting no, as Wrath like of the Wrath Titans. better. Um, it's a 2012 movie released on Blu-ray this week, uh, this last Tuesday, 26th of June. Um, it's a PG-13. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And the tagline for the movie is, Feel the Wrath, <laughs> which is a good tagline. Feel, 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 feel the wrath. So you're going to introduce this movie and give us a synopsis. Mm. The half-god son of Zeus is called upon once again to save the world of humans because there's some bad shit going on. I guess Zeus's father got all wrangled up by Zeus and his brother Hades, who we all know is in charge of hell. (coughs) Excuse me. And uh, Perseus is the son of Zeus, half human, half god, as we know him from Avatar. Mr. Worthington is called upon to sort of I liken it to Samantha from Bewitched, okay? She's a witch, and yet she wants to just be a normal housewife and not use her powers and pretend like she's just like everyone else, which always pissed me off. He is half-god, and yet he chooses to be just a little fisherman guy in a village and not use any of his powers or his big sword that he wields. So, this time he gets the cobwebs have to be shaken loose to... As Spider-Man would say, with great power comes Correct. great responsibility. He doesn't want the responsibility. And the woman told him that as well. You yeah. have a responsibility. And he doesn't want it. He just wants to tinker along, fishing. And that is just too bad. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, the sequel to, not last year's, the year before's, um, Clash of the Titans remake. Uh, not remake. I don't yeah. actually call it a remake, even though it is classed as a remake everywhere I see. It's more a reimagining of of Clash of the Titans because if you go back and watch the original Clash of the Titans, it's not a remake. Not oh, the same story. Even, it's not is even it? the same. No, not really. Uh, similar, but as, you know, when you're dealing with the, I was going to say, when you're dealing with real things like these <laughs> gods, you know what I'm saying. When we do. Dealing- we have in our brains somehow, somewhere, there are irrational brain that mythology is history, and it's just because. Yeah. It's so you taught to it us. Yeah, exactly. In school and, yeah. I mean, we were taught it in school as though it was a thing. It's like, there's Zeus and there's George Washington. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you just think of them, I don't know, they all blur together as real and not real. So, um, Wrath of the Titans, um, it's a huge blockbuster movie again. Big special effect. Um, turn your brain off kind of deal. Yeah. Watch some action. 
I enjoyed it more than the first one. I enjoy them equally, and that's a lot. I love them both. Yeah, both. I have problems. For what they are. I have some problems. I enjoy them. The, the, the bigness of it and imagining in my mind the reality of that time frame of being alive. And then the way they weave in there that people believed in these gods. And yet the way we think of a god now, it's different to them. Zeus can just be a dude walking around, but you know he's got like massive powers. So I like that all. It really intrigues me. Like I'm glued to it. What was your what were your problems? Well, my first problem is Clash of the Titans, the original, which I was brought up with and watched hundreds of times. Um has a very campy feel to it. Mm-hmm. And these movies, while they're all special effects and fun and whiz and bang, they take themselves very seriously. That's my favorite part. Which I don't like. I like a bit less serious. I, I like a little bit of camp with this kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so that's just a personal taste. Yeah. Um, you know, because this movie is like, you have to check your brain at the door anyway. It's not based in the mythology even. They, they change things. So I would like a bit more, Not a, a few more nods to the original which there are a couple, but they're kind of lame, the nods to the original. You know when they show the mm-hmm. Clockwork Owl? They show the Clockwork Owl in both of them and never ever use it. Like. Why do they have to nod to the original? Well, I just like that. So that's something, because it's a childhood favourite of mine, and this is a reimagining. And they do go to lengths to nod to the original, but they're really lame nods to the original. I mean, when they show the Clockwork Owl in both of them, it doesn't do anything. I would like it to be in be in the movie, you know, because it is a, it's such a stamped in my brain the Clockwork Owl from um, the original. Um, and the other thing is that the fact that they changed that actress out, which really <laughs> threw me for a loop. So first, let's say I didn't even notice. That's you did really weird, but I instantly <laughs> did. Right? Maybe it's just because I'm a man and I might notice the females in the movies. I don't Very know. possibly. So there's a the lady who plays um, what's she called? Andromeda. Andromeda. Queen Andromeda. In the first movie, is a brunette. Um, and the lady who plays Andromeda in the second movie is a blonde. Now it's not that they've just dyed the first actress's hair blonde. <laughs> She's a completely different actress. So what it did for me, and you know, when some people say when they go to watch a 3D movie. The first 15 minutes of the 3D movie is kind of a wash to them because they're trying to adjust to the 3D thing and they're getting it just right and they're trying not to move their head. So, like, sometimes you can go back and say, oh, yeah, I went to watch Avatar, but I don't remember the first 15 minutes because I was trying to get the the glasses right. You're distracted. Distracted. Yeah, yeah. This, when they introduced her and didn't mention her name immediately, I was confused. I was like, hold on, that lady from the first one, oh, she's probably going to come into it in a minute. This is another lady who's fighting in this war and then when they said a voice uh, they, and I was it was worrying in my mind and I was trying to remember who the other actress was and it was kind of ruining the movie a little bit for me because I was somewhere else wow and then as soon as they said a name I was like okay they've replaced her but they didn't say a name for a while so I was like I was trying to imagine who the other woman was I could see her face I was trying to remember her name and then when I looked up her name I didn't really know who she was anyway so it kind of threw me a bit that they just changed out an actress completely. Didn't even make her look like the other actress or anything. Just, you just have to, you know, you know, like we watch a soap opera, a British one called EastEnders, and sometimes they change people mm-hmm. completely. Like a, like somebody leaves and then they bring a new actress and you're just supposed to 
gloss over the fact that it is a change of person. And sometimes they make a joke out of it, don't they? Like, yeah. oh, you're not even the same person. This was that situation for me. So it kind of threw me for the first ten minutes. Well, no. She was introduced about ten minutes in. So then, from then on, until they said a name. It's weird, because, like, I don't see her as that big a deal. So it didn't... I, she was in the first one. I know, but I'm saying, as a character in this... Right, she, well, I, I just kind of like to... Follow, you know, this is the sequel, and I'm, it's ten years later, and I'm like... Okay, she might have changed in ten years, but not that much. Right. But this didn't affect me at all. So, so Well, people... you didn't even remember who she was in the first one. So, Mm-mm. for me, I did. And it was kind of through. me I mean, off. I barely remembered that there was going to be a woman passing from one to the other. Well, they're my problems. And they're only two. Yeah, yeah. Um, the rest of it. The special effects in this movie are fantastic. The surround sound is amazing. There's like, there's like this subtle surround sound. Like, whether in the forest... You can hear somebody, like, talking behind a tree or something. And it's, like, right at the side of you. Uh, and there's a few instances of that. But those those special effects are spectacular. There's, like, the um, the Minotaur... What they got call, the, what they call yeah, ogres. Minotaur. No, Cyclops. Cyclops. Though. Yeah. The, the They're Cyclops. awesome. I Amazing. mean, you got your little, little bit of, like, ugh, that's not how a body moves kind of you know, instances where they're flinging around on the back of a beast or something. And then the, the Cyclopses are so huge... The best version of them was when they're walking on the mountain ledge and there's like just normal sized humans and then these big giant ones. That's when it looked the most yeah. convincing. And the, the Pegasus was, was better done than. The Pegasus was good in the first one, but the Pegasus was even better in this one. And Pegasus, like, you know. See, I felt like that was the worst one. And I loved him. And I, I loved. Because the way he wiggled around a little bit, it looked real fake. I loved the little uh, joke yeah. where, <laughs> where he nudged him and stuff. I, I mean, I, I love the Pegasus, but I'm saying, like, there was. If you're. Maybe I was focused too much on it. It just looked a little bit... Ugh. And the, whatever the thing was at the end, I don't know what you call it. Oh, well, he was amazing. Yeah. It was like... It was a, Kronos. The, yeah, Kronos. There were um, scenes of them fighting Kronos that looked like an oil painting. Do you know where he was like spraying down? Oh, light? yeah. That and, was like, amazing. There was one scene where the Pegasus was flying and he was... The Kronos was flinging his arm down and there was like a... a it was like paint coming off him. Yeah. But it was lava. And and I was like, if you pause that and take a shot, I would have that as my desktop wallpaper. It looks like a painting. You could? Yeah, it looks... Well, no, you can't, because you can't take shots of Blu-rays. You can just can't. You if can you pause press, it and take a photo of it. That's the way you can do it only. But uh, you can't print screen Blu-rays, which is annoying. Because I've tried to get uh, Tron Legacy screenshots. Yeah. And I can't. You can only get the official ones that are out. And all you're doing is being nice. You're just a fan. Yeah, it's not exactly. Like you're doing well, this, but this there was this one scene. I was like, wow, that yeah, just looks like, fantastic. Yeah, when he like swipes his arm and all that fire flies. Yeah, like a, and la- bits of lava and uh, ro- you know rock and. We everything. should say Cronus is the father of Zeus and Poseidon and Hades, and he's been basically locked up in hell for a number of years by his sons because they he tried to kill him and take destroy the world. Blah blah blah. I only know these things from movies, so my history of it is not very good. But he has been sort of, like, encased in... When you see him, then he's, like, this big dried lava rock, big giant... He's a mountain, basically. Like, yeah, well, he's inside. Inside of a mountain. I mean, he comes from a mountain. And then what's happening is he needs power to regain his control and blah, blah, blah. It is spectacular. That ending scene is worth the wait. Like, like I was like, well, how are they going to end this? And there's this big battle thing. 
And it's amazing. And it those, is. those like, um, soldiers that kind of spin around with two sides. Oh, my God. They were freaking me out. They're yeah. really good. Like, you don't know, like, you wouldn't know how to deal with one. They're just a killing machine. It's just like a, a dervish. And they're kind of like on, they're like a burning cinder, but there's like a dude, and then he's got a dude going out of his back, and that's so it's So it's like a double sided dude with double side, with weapons on both sides that spins at you. And it's just, you've nothing, you can't do anything. And they've got that, yeah. <laughs> and the Hydra at the beginning. You know, that Hydra chase was amazing. You know, where jumped up on the buildings and started running along the buildings and that's it's the hydra below him the two headed dog yeah with yeah. the wings yeah I thought hydra was a snake but well it had the snake bit as well didn't it oh the, ta- the tail was yeah yeah right. when, it, when it was uh, running along I think they changed it up just to make it more interesting when it was running along and then Sam Worthington run onto the top of the building and then just jumped off it yeah. was like watching I, a game that I love God of War it was like a live action version or of God of War Clash of the Titans or the Titans. No. The big... The game where you God jump. of War. No. The other one. Oh, a really um, good one. Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. God of War. They jump really on the one. Colossus and grab onto the hair and stuff. That's what it reminded me And of. God of War, actually... These these movies are literally the live-action God of War movies. Because God of War is all set in this mythology. So, um... Yeah, I just, there, was, there was times where it was just incredible. Um, and then there were times where... To me, it was, like, slightly cheesy. For example? Just some of the dialogue between them, but it's Between hard. the cousins. Yeah. That was really It's annoying. really difficult, I think, when you're dealing with, like, something real fantastical like this. Because that happens in a lot of them. Even Immortals that we watched recently. Dialogue between people just comes off a bit. They try to sneak... Like, you're saying you want to be less serious. I think it's too corny. Because they have... One dude who's got such white teeth, you just want to smack him in the face and say, you're in a movie where you're playing some dude from 3,000 years ago and your teeth are so fucking white. It's ridiculous. That, to me, was almost like a little joke in itself that when they looked at it, they're like, oh my god, look at his teeth. Oh well. And then him and the little quirky dialogue. I just hate that. I think it really cheapens the movie. Like, I want it to be all serious. Like, bloodthirsty serious. Or all campy and funny. And they tried to sneak too many little, like, winks and nods and da-da-da. I didn't like that. So I agree with that. Dialogue kind of... Like, just those little things, you know. It's not the cheeky... Di- it's not the cheeky banter dialogue that comes across cheesy to me. It's the, like... Um, Ralph Fiennes and... Liam Neeson talking to each other. And they, 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 they're basically... Um, giving you exposition, right? Like, what's going to happen and why. But the way they're talking between each other, it just comes across really... For example, when's this exposition happening? When they're in the mountain. Just any time they're talking to each other. Because they're basically telling you why this is happening and... It's that stuff that bugs me. It always does, and it happens in a lot of these But we wouldn't know things if they didn't tell us. No, it's just the awkward way they say things. Right. Almost as if... They They're know reading you're, a storybook to you. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like they know you're there and you need to know some stuff. So it's just not as natural as I would like it to be. Because you see some movies where they're quite... Well, they they are expositioning you, but you don't notice. <laughs> expositioning you. Yeah, but you don't notice it. You <laughs> like know what I mean? communicating it's, it's quite clear that they're, they're setting up the next act, but you don't notice because it's, cause it's natural. This isn't natural. It's... It's woodenish. I don't know. I, I, it just bugs me sometimes, and it and it's always in this type of movie. 
Well, I personally find these movies extremely confusing, so I like for them to lay out for me who and what and why because I don't understand. You're not paying attention in a class. What class? You know when you were learning your. No. (laughs) I barely know Zeus is. (laughs) No, I was not paying attention in class. We didn't learn. I think it's different. Um, You need to go and play the God of War trilogy until I went to college. Didn't really learn anything much about mythology. And even then, it was very fundamental. I had mythology as a class. I never went. Uh, so, there you go. Explain. When you start saying Perthius and Zeminus and Ominous and Arius and... Ominous. Perkinus and Percocet and, you know, whatever, all the names. I just... My brain goes like, what are you talking about? So, I like that they tell me stuff. And the other thing... What I really loved about this movie, and uh, I'll mention it in the cast in a bit, though, was that Bill Nighy turns up. Yeah, absolutely. Because if Bill Nighy turns up in any movie like this, like it. he instantly... And, you know, it wasn't your typical Bill Nighy uh, turn. Oh, I disagree completely. It's so completely him, man. Um, it's him more goofy than than when he's trying to be sinister. Right. I think he's just semi-goofy Like all in the Pirates time. of the Caribbean. Right? It's more Love Actually good Dude to Paris the Caribbean Dude. And I really liked it. Um, I didn't expect him to turn up. Uh-uh. And I'd even wrote down... I wasn't even 100% sure who he was at the very first few seconds. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's David... Whatever his name is. Davy Crockett. Davy... Jones. Jones. <laughs> From the Monkees. <laughs> yes. Um, so moving on to the cast here. Um, Sam Worthington reprises his role as Perseus... Um, I really like Sam Worthington. I do too. A lot of people don't. I hear, I hear bad shit about him all the time. Oh, Sam Worthington, he can't act. Why the hell Sam Worthington? They just pick on people, don't they? Because yes. what else are you going to do? It makes you look cool if you... Don't like the... Um, hate the most popular guy. Now, I have a tendency to not... I'm not drawn to the most popular thing on purpose. I make an effort. I don't want to jump on bandwagons. But I don't feel like I ever just insult someone simply because... They're popular. Like Jonah Hill. I truly dislike every frame of everything I think I've ever seen him in. Don't care how popular he is. It just doesn't do it for me. But with this guy, did Avatar makes him massive. What was the other thing we saw him in? Well, we just watched him last Man week. Man on a Lake. Yeah. Well, the other day. Last week. Was Man it a week ago? Yes. Like, crap. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> Time just all merges together mm-hmm. for me sometimes. I like him, but I can see where people will think he's um, almost the same every time. Now he, he's got a certain reserve about him, and he's real gritty. I mean, he likes to get down and dirty with all kinds of... He does not down dirty, but That and he adds so much body language every role. He adds, you know, in a lot of these movies where... Uh, well, in this one particularly, you know, he's half God, so he gets picked up and slammed into a column that falls to bits... And then he gets up, and in most movies, he would just get up and keep on fighting. He constantly is aware of what his character just went through. So he's cranking his back and twisting his neck and rubbing his shoulder and feeling his knee. And in a way that it convinces me that he's he's strong enough to take it, but it's it's wearing him down. Instead of just like always, dun da da and not ever acknowledging it. So I really appreciate that. And he did it in Man on the Ledge, too. You know, just little bits and pieces. Man of- on a ledge. 
Um, he is always Australian, though. Even in the, back in the Greek, uh, back in the Greek That's mythology fine. days, he's still Australian. It's fine with me. He doesn't hide that ever. Um, so Liam Neeson plays Zeus. Well, I disagree with you. I think he wasn't Australian in Avatar. Not the same, anyway. Yeah, it was. Listen to it. He totally was. I, I watched it recently in 3D on this TV, and he is he's doing like these video letters at the beginning where he's talking to the screen. He just sounds like regular old Sam Worthington. Hmm. Um, Liam Neeson plays Zeus. Liam Neeson's uh, kind of cropping up all over the place nowadays. <laughs> as a god? He's just coming back as... Uh, he's doing Taken 2. That's his next movie. I Isn't really like... Zeus in Immortals? No. Who was? Not him. Wasn't he in Immortals? No. What am I thinking of? There was hardly anybody famous in Immortals. Narnia. He's the king guy. He's the Narnia. lion in yeah. Narnia. Yeah. <laughs> Very similar. He's, um... He was in The Grey that we saw recently. Yeah. Which was really good. He's, um... He's cropping up everywhere at the moment. He's, he's got, like, several movies in production. Um, I like him, but I also find him cheesy on occasion. I don't know what it is about him. <laughs> um, I like watching him kick ass, like, and this, he doesn't... I mean, they kick ass That's a little bit. That's my least favourite part. It's so weird. We have the opposite things, because I think it's so unbelievable, and he gets too much little boy acting going on, as if he's a little boy in the backyard, and they're going to... When they say, let's go have some fun, brother... And then he puts on his body language is just like, ding, 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 ding. and I'm like, you're Liam Neeson. Don't act like a seven year old who's going out to chop down the tree or something. But yeah, and he's uh, Ralph Fiennes plays his bro in this. Um, I like Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, he plays a really good bad dude. Yeah, I mean it's expected. I think every bit of they're what not, he does. They're not pushing their acting talents in this movie <laughs> at all. They're, you know, it's it's half of it's on a green screen and they're yes. overacting stuff. <laughs> um, Edgar Ramirez plays Ares. Um, he's good. I've never seen him before, I don't he think. Is, he's, it's easy to argue that he's the most serious person. Yeah, the but his character is serious. I mean, there's nothing funny about his character, is there? There's no reason to be cheeky. Well, there's nothing funny about Ralph Fiennes being doomed to stay in hell forever either, but he doesn't quite have the same mm. anger going on. But I guess that's his part. He's angry because his father, Zeus, uh, seems to favor Perseus, the half-mortal son, so that kind of pisses him off. See, sibling rivalry... Gotta toss that in there a little bit. And moving on to cheekiness, Bill Nighy plays <laughs> Hephaestus. 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 Yeah. Because um, I thought they kept calling him Festus, but it was Hephaestus. And uh, yeah, who I'd never heard of before. He's excellent. Yeah, I've heard of him. He's the, the what do you call that? Is that labyrinth? Is so they didn't real... make him up. No, they okay. didn't make him up. Other than made him up just for this movie. That labyrinth that he designed is a. It's actually a level in God of War because it's, right. it comes up in those. And see, I hadn't put together Labyrinth and Minotaur until the Minotaur comes. And then I'm like, right, Minotaur's in the Labyrinth. I only learned that from the TV show Hercules <laughs> and from Xena, Warrior Princess. Which are this also... is how I learn things, people. <laughs> so this is directed by Jonathan Liebsman. Um, who's taking over directing duties because it was Louis Terrier in the first one who's one of um, Luc Besson's directors um, he did the <coughs> transporter Excuse movies me. and stuff um, but this new guy Jonathan Liebsman has directed The Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning which I actually liked for a, for a remake of The Texas Chainsaw Massacre I thought it was quite kind of cool and he also more recently did Battle Los Angeles which I also really liked 
It was a good uh, yes. take. It was a good... I did like that one. Battle Los Angeles was... We've reviewed it, so you can go back and have a look. It was like a alien invasion movie, but from the perspective of a group, of, a group of Marines. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it was more the human side of an alien invasion movie rather than... Where you don't know what's going on, yeah. you don't have the war room, and you don't, you're don't. you just getting just through these the people, city. Yeah. Like, and was, I liked what's it. What's going on? Um, yeah. So, yeah, this guy knows how to do action because that movie... If, if you watch Battle Los Angeles, it's all action, just pure action, top to bottom. Um, and th- this is too, you know? I don't think this really stops this movie, does it? It's, it's Wrath of the Titans. No, because there's no, there's no, well, they're little tiny brief conversations. Hardly, though. But like, it, it seems to be a big special effect going on at all times. Like, it seems like they're always fighting something. Or they're in a big labyrinth that turns around in a big, you know. That was cool. Falling. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was confusing, and I think it couldn't live up to its potential just because all the colors, there's no contrast in the visual parts, like all the rocks that are sliding around on each other. It got a little bit, like it all mushed together a little bit. You couldn't get the scope of it. If you were in a game, a video game, and it was that level, you would get the scope of it because right. they can put you in it. Whereas when you're an audience member in a movie like this... And the camera looks at them one way and then looks at them the other. You, lo- you completely lose... Yeah, and it all looks the same. Like, as these big giant rocks are sliding in front and behind you, there's no there's no concept of where you were to begin with in the shape of the labyrinth versus now what's the shape becoming. That's kind of what I was hoping for, was either an, a bird's eye view or some kind of markers that showed you, like, before we had these three options and now it's it's switched around all around us and now we have... Opposite, you know, like that. now this movie was a 3D movie, um, so I must maybe in 3D that is more interesting. Or something. Yeah, I don't um, think so. Better. Um, and you can get it in 3D Blu ray. Um, hmm. so direction, I think that the ch- changing the guy didn't actually make a whole lot of difference. I think he kept the spirit of the first one just fine. Yeah, and I don't remember the tone of the first one, so I don't know that. The first one was, you know, when I say I like it a little bit cheekier. The first one was a bit cheekier. They dropped the cheekiness a little bit. That's the good. The first one did have a bit more of the funny winks and nods. I think the comedian brother, yeah, uh, is trying to be the that comedy relief kind he of is. thing. But uh, they don't go overboard with it though. Uh, it's that... not like Three Musketeers. Correct. It's not. Oh, as, correct. It's not like that. It's more. Yes, this character is going to be funny on occasion. I just couldn't take him seriously at all because, first of all, the actor, to me, is just not... He needs to kind of man up with these <laughs> more... Like, be more serious and not have the constant, like, the sarcastic... He reminds me of Russell Brand, and I don't know what it... It's not just that he might look similar in this, but it's more like he can't he's help being... He's super sarcastic. He can't help being a, a you know, I mean, he's a, a smart-ass. He's smart-ass, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I don't know, but I think. But they dropped it. They didn't wind it up to ten. It, it was he it, it reined it in enough. For some reason, I think people who lived three thousand years ago had no sense of humor. They couldn't have. <laughs> no. It had to be really hard and really horrible. And, and it smelled fiction, really bad. And this is fiction, but I'm, I guess people would have been just as funny and like same. I don't think they cared about chomping or hairs in the food. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? You think nobody did. No. <laughs> Because I bet, I bet there was, Does that seem a bit trivial? I bet there was a lot of hairs in your food during those times. <laughs> Are we being petty in this 21st century? Now? I mean, there was a lot of hair. Everybody had a lot of hair. So, um, 
so Blu-ray extras here. This is the uh, combo pack. It's the Blu-ray, the DVD, and the ultraviolet digital copy. Um, now the extras, once again, um, Warner Brothers, the kings of making Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, no doubt about it. So what I really liked about this movie is the aspect ratio. It covers your whole screen. I There's love no black that. bars. Uh, it looks fantastic. And this is a movie that should look fantastic, right? It's a brand new movie with all CG special effects. And it does looks and sounds fantastic. But where Warner Brothers and other Blu-ray companies, everybody else, just look at what Warner Brothers do, the maximum movie mode that this contains, and just do that with every film. (laughs) If you want to do extras, don't give us three deleted scenes and tell us that's the extras. Do this. Go to effort. If you can get Liam Neeson... Yes. And the other guy, Sam, Sam Worthington, to, to, to do record your, your voiceover. I mean, they, it doesn't look like they recorded tons even. And then you've got, as you're watching the movie, you can watch the history of the gods or the history of well, the Well, I say there are two maximum movie modes. Right, well, they like, cross over each other, like they say. So you can watch it, and you just sit back watch the movie again. And then they pop up and explain where they got this story, and then they'll show you how they made it and... I'm willing. I was willing right then and there to sit through the movie again, like right. immediately. And I thought, oh, this will be really interesting. Like, so yeah, there's two paths: the path of men, the path of gods. Mm-hmm. So you can watch it three times and have brand new content three times, right? Right. Um, and it's not just um, Sam Worthington and. Um, it seemed pretty. It wasn't constant. Sam Worthington and Liam Neeson present it, at but the at least every scene seemed to have. And it's not just them talking, it's behind-the-scenes featurettes, all integrated into the movie, and they're not too small, they bring them up full-screen when they need to be. Interview with a teacher who teaches children right. about this, which was interesting, I thought, where he says, like, how he has to... College professor. College professor. How he has to um, tell them that... Yeah, that the mythology, when they're when his students are saying to him, well, they didn't do this right, and they didn't do that right, and he tries to explain to them, mythology is changing it changed then they explained that perseus yeah originally the first story they've ever found of him he had wings on his feet yes he did and later at some point when someone else rewrote it in myth in ancient times rewrote it and added the pegasus and so for a movie these days you know his explanation is if we change it a bit then let's say a thousand years from now, someone else can still look at all the different versions and i think that's really a good point not just to apply to this but when someone says, but that was my favorite book, and you ruined it by making the movie wrong. Yeah. No. No. They made an interpretation. <laughs> you still have your movie, and yeah. you still have original mythology, so that I did like that. And like I said, I could have sat and watched and listened to all that. So everybody listen, if you make Blu-rays, maximum movie mode, what Warner Brothers do. Go and pick up any Warner Brothers title that has maximum movie mode, and there are a lot of them now. Check that out, and it's always different. It's never predictable. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh... Like Kevin Smith did one on his on Cop Out that was different to the Watchmen one, you know they do it differently every time. This one's the most different one I've seen, where you can split it, branch off into the, you can. It's a little bit weird. It's like their heads were were poking out from inside of a rock. Yeah, but you can <laughs> on this one you can you can press one button to yeah. see how the movie was made and one button to see how this exists in uh, literature and um, mm-hmm. the actual mythos. It's cool, I, I think, because. Kids can learn about, kids can watch it and learn about the mythology. Or if you're just purely interested in how this movie was made, follow the Why other path. Why does it have to be kids? I want to learn. Or you? I wasn't paying attention first time. Yeah, anybody who wasn't paying chance. attention. <laughs> um, 
and there are some deleted scenes which don't, don't really amount to much. Um, I kind of lost interest. And there are... Uh, that's it. <laughs> oh, that's enough, because yeah, it's, it's like it four extra hours there. Of yeah, it's li- you can literally watch the movie three times, and you'll have a different experience each time. So that is the way to do extras. Definitely. If you're just going to give us three deleted scenes and tell us that's the extras, that's not really good enough anymore. Blu-ray can do way better than that, as, as we've been as yep. we've seen. Um, you just need a little bit of effort and the studio to do it right. And it seems Warner Brothers are the only ones who do it right right now, because everybody else still seems to think that three deleted scenes and a trailer is extras. Which or like is not. last week, we got a commentary on a trailer. which also The commentary doesn't. of a trailer, yeah. I mean, it's cool, but, but it's, it's not, not it's enough. Not, well, yeah. It's not why we pay <laughs> to buy a Blu-ray, right? So, um, yeah, it's a great Blu-ray in general, I think. Um, a fantastic presentation of it. I do love it when they don't have the widescreen bars oh, me too. on a big movie like I don't this. mind. I mean, our screen's pretty big, but it's lovely. You just feel like you're seeing... Like, I find my eyes wandering, particularly yeah. in this, at the distant cities on the mountains, and particularly when the fire guy was up on there just watching every inch of it. And it did look awesome, even so big. So, yeah, they did a good job of those special effects. So, in conclusion, Wrath of the Titans. Um, I'm I enjoyed f- it. I did too. Um, like I say, I had some problems, but you have to shut your brain off. You have to watch uh, lots of action, fighting. I don't know how anybody could be, like, bored by it because, I exactly. mean, the visual spectacle alone is enough. And, you know, I know people want more and more all the time, but uh, I really thought... I think was- some people would find it very, very corny and... It is. Too much. And, well, I'm saying the reason people could not like it is right. because they're going to go, oh, God, please, it's, that's not how that went down, and that's not what... Uh, and, you know... It's just a... You're just taking the fun out flick. of it for yourself. Yes. Like... Yeah, if you're being super cynical, you can be super cynical, and you could rip this movie a thousand <laughs> ways... Sure. There wouldn't be a movie left if you were being super cynical, but <laughs> it's a popcorn flick. You sit there, it's Saturday afternoon, you... Crank it up, and you have a good time for 99 minutes or whatever it Exactly. Um, so that's the kind of movie it is. If you liked Clash of the Titans, and I did, I like this one actually more, but I do think they fit well together, so it would be a nice watch them both in a row, you know? So uh, thanks to Warner Brothers for the Blu-ray. Uh, you want to enter a contest, go to com, enter a contest. We've got some going there. Next week's Blu-ray review will be Jeff, who lives at home, and uh, we will be reviewing that next Interesting. week. Interesting. Um, so, movie game. What's the movie game? The movie game is Movie Memory 1, 2, 3, and that is where one of us says to the other, Do you remember a movie that has blah, 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 1, 2, and 3? Do you remember a movie that has a blonde actress? Do you remember three, I mean, three movies. Do you remember three movies that star Kevin Costner? Do you remember three movies that have a big rig as the feature presentation thing? And tonight, it's your choice. So... so- Name three movies that have a big rig controlled by Kevin Costner. <laughs> mm. I don't know that one. Um, and the idea is to think of in your memory, not looking it up. That's all right. Don't use a tool or a gadget. Th- to this one's going to be very easy for you. Okay. Three sword and sandal movies, as I call them. Okay. Any? Oh, well, not as I call them, as they are. <laughs> <laughs> Gladiator. Yes. Um... Uh... But She's doing like an impression of something. They got her arm in the air. Sword in my hand. Oh. Dun, da, da, da. Uh, Three Musketeers. <laughs> the original Clash of the Titans. How's yes. that? And, oh God, what's another? Well, there's a really famous one that won an Oscar. 
Gladiator. No. Way before. Yes. Way before. Yeah, but way before <laughs> Gladiator. Um, oh, the Ten Commandments? No. There's swords and sandals in that. No, not really. Are you talking it's about more Spartacus? More sandals than swords in that one. Spartacus? Yes. Okay. There are, there are lots. You didn't have to give me a hint, by the way, but... Troy, I would have given you. With oh, Bre- yeah. Alexander. Alexander. Any of... There's lots of these type of movies, Todd and Sandals. Yeah. It's a good... I think it's a real... Monty Python, um, Life If you want to know, <laughs> uh, an admission, similar to the other day we were watching... Um, so I went... I get my points for the day. I figured out three movies. Uh, the other day we were watching a show, and a young lady admitted that she didn't realize her whole life, she's like 22 years old, honestly didn't realize that when you crack open an egg and the yolk is in there, that that was where chickens came from. She just didn't, no one could believe her, and I can believe her because, uh, as I was talking to my nephew the other day, and we were talking about, he's interested in learning Latin, and we're talking about ancient Greece and Rome and all that, and him saying Troy and the Trojan this or that, and I'm like, well, what are Trojans? And he said, uh, they're from Troy. And I said, what do you mean? Like, oh, so my whole life, I've never put together that, like, the Trojan warriors are from Troy. That never, I never put that together before. Never, 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 never. Even after watching Troy? Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's one of those things where I'll, you, I, could not, I could not admit it and not show everybody my lack of knowledge. But, so there you go. So I get confused with these movies because I don't piece it all together. Right. That's one more bit of information that I can all right, so, uh, use in my life. Movie recommendations. Um, I'll explain this. We recommend some movies every week for you to go and watch. Um, mine this week are, based on Wrath of the Titans and Sam Worthington, is Avatar. If you've not seen Avatar yet, and some people have not. Even Do you actually expect people to watch these movies you tell them to watch? No, it's just a... a, a okay. No, it's not like an assignment. It's not homework. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, if you haven't seen Avatar and you've just heard about it, oh yeah, Avatar, that was that big movie that everybody went and saw. Right. And it was so popular. And your opinion was, well, I'm not going to watch that. It's too popular. I think you should watch that Absolutely. movie. Absolutely. It's like Titanic, where people go, oh no, I didn't watch Titanic. Uh, too many people. Too many. Uh. Mm. Now, I do believe I you said, should watch Titanic also. I can advocate that on occasion. Because I don't like jumping on a bandwagon just because everybody tells me to do it. So I don't have a problem with resisting. But you can give it a chance. You don't have to tell anyone that you watched it. Think for yourself. That's it. Like, I watch think Avatar, it and then decide for Personally, yourself. I think it's one of James Cameron's finest movies. Well, see, I, and I can totally see why people would think it's idiotic. Because yeah. it's so basic and simple and a little bit preachy and... It's all flash and no substance and all that. I totally get it, but I happen to love it. So, you know. And so do I. So, um, Avatar. And the second one, uh, based on, um, you know, fighting and shit, and we just watched it recently, is Thor. Absolutely. There's a guy kind of like Thor in this movie. Boing. <laughs> you know? Boing, <laughs> yes. his, Oh, his, yeah, he does he have the hammer thing. Weird little well, hammer. It's not like a hammer, but it's kind of, it kind of reminded me of like Thor. It's like a caveman club. Yeah, it like splits into three, though. It's like, yeah. So, um, Thor... Um, which is also a good movie that we just recently watched. So what are your um, recommendations? Mine are... Because I wanted to think of something that... Um, where's my thing? There it is. Excuse me. I wanted to think of something that wasn't like directly from this movie. 
So I wanted to look up what um, other things Ralph Fiennes has done. And I was surprised to find a movie that's quite fun. I really enjoyed it. I fell asleep the first time, watched it again, really loved it. Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit. It's kind of a world away from what you think of as Fiennes Brothers movies, because he did a voiceover. It's really fun. And then the other one is, because the young woman that you said is different from the other woman was in Doom. She was, yeah. And I think Doom is a really solid, not perfect, but it's a really good time for me. I lo- I really enjoyed it. I felt like it was like an adventure and how these weird quirky things in there, sort of like apocalyptic and doomsday, obviously, and cannibalism oh. and for zombies and everything. Oh, what are we talking about here? Doomsday or Doom? Oh, yeah. I'm confusing them. Yeah, you are, because you're confusing me. You're talking about Doomsday, aren't you? Not Doom. Not the John Carmack uh, game with the Yes, I'm talking about Doomsday. You're talking about Doomsday. That's my recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> so not Doom. And she's not Doom. in Doomsday. Because <laughs> I was thinking, man, yeah, Doom was all right, but what are you talking about? It's not yeah, because like once I started thinking about that's what Doomsday, that's my recommendation. So she's not in it, but it's also, it's really good. And it has some swords, but it taps back to medieval times. Yeah, now. Doomsday is real. Uh, a lot of people hated Doomsday because they thought it was this hodgepodge of all kinds of things. That's why I like that. That's why I like it. Yeah. And Doom is The Rock. Doom is based on the video game. Um, And it's alright, but it's not. not. I don't recommend that one. I apologize for mistaking. Doomsday and Wallace and Gromit Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Kind of two worlds apart. Yep. But I recommend those two. Right, so uh, games and Ace Scully stuff this week. What I've been playing this week. First off, I was playing Spec Ops The Line, which I mentioned last week. It's like the Apocalypse Now game of... The modern day. Um, I'm about halfway through. It's not wowing me so far. It's okay, um, but because they told because they went out of their way to say it's an apocalypse now kind of game, it doesn't. Nothing surprises me. Right. Kind of. Like, yeah, yeah. All the shock value that would have been terrible. It doesn't shock me because I kind of know what Apocalypse Now is about. And in fact, if it didn't live up to that, then you'd be disappointed as well because they're not living up to what they right. promised. Right, so, so it is horrific is in terms of like the war thing and there's like the horror. In fact, one of the achievements is called the horror. The horror, the horror. Which makes sense if you've seen Apocalypse Now. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a modern day telling of Apocalypse Now in a first person sh- third person shooter. It's well done. But it ain't surprising me so far, just because they shouldn't have said that it was Apocalypse Now. Like, they should have said, it's a, it's a, it takes place in Dubai, there's been a huge sandstorm that makes Dubai completely inop- inoperable, and there's a rogue faction of people there. And you're going in to see what the mystery is, or, on so, you know, find out why. why. And just leave it at that. Not, you're going down this tunnel of, you know. Darkness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Heart of Darkness, <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Right? So, yeah. Spec Ops The Line is fun. It's, a, it's um, very well made. But, like I said, I think they spoiled it by saying that it was Apocalypse Now. Like, But you love to compare things to each other, so that's a bit I do, weird. but it, it kind of... When they said it's Apocalypse Now, like... I am not kidding. It is literally like Apocalypse Now, just now. Like, but every plot point that they... And then as you're watching it, you would start going, oh, God, this is just like Apocalypse yeah. Now. Yeah, but maybe I would have had more, oh, cool, Tolerance cool. Now it's kind of like, mm, yeah, that happened in Apocalypse Now. You you just did that. Oh, wow, yeah, there's a guy who's rogue. Oh, he's, he's killing people. Oh, 
You know what I mean? It's so... Like, I kind of have the thing of like, okay, this whole loads of bodies piled up. I have up. a feeling you would have had that anyway. So I don't know if that's just an... Obviously like, you can't compare anything to Apocalypse Now. It's literally a masterpiece in my eyes. Um, it's so I'm thinking the game's flawed anyway, and that's just kind of like your... You think that's the reason. But if you'd watched it with nobody telling you anything... Yeah. Or played it, I mean. Then you would have been going, oh my, what are they doing? Like, yeah. copying Apocalypse Now? Yeah, which And they shouldn't. didn't even mention it. Like, they're just copying it. So I think maybe it's just flawed. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and the other game I've been playing this week is uh, I bought the season pass for Walking Dead. And I have talked about Walking Dead before because I played episode one on the PC, but I didn't buy the season pass. I just played the first episode. But I thought I'd just get the season pass so I can play all of it on the PS3. And I played episode one and episode two this week. Um, episode 2 is fantastic episode, I'm not going to spoil anything Good. you know the whole story because I told you it yesterday yes. but um, episode 2 the story alone is better than any episode of the TV show wow I mean, that's a well, big I told, I told you yeah. what but I mean, you're... just that if I, you didn't see any of the acting or how it was done but what I actually told you the scenario that's better than any episode of the TV show right because it incorporates all kinds of things. I mean, it's like... I was kind of like, wow, this is really dark. Like, it's darker than zombies. Right. It goes to me, it sounded like, oh, they're going there. I, I, li- I liked bit, it because I was like, oh... I was a little bit underwhelmed with the thing, but I didn't see it. And the so. tension they built... There's a scene around a dinner table. <laughs> the tension that is built in that scene is genuine. I, You know where you kind of go, oh... And mm-hmm. kind of go forward a little bit. And you do it in TV shows and movies sometimes. I did today. But it's difficult to do. I was do. leaning back. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's difficult to do. If, I mean, you know they've done something right when you start going, oh, God. Like, oh. You're invested. Yeah. Now, I was doing that with the, with the game just because of how well the dialogue is written and the situation people were in. And I couldn't believe, wow, they've gone really far here to make this horrible. Um, and Resident Evil sometimes doesn't go far enough you know Resident Evil is a good horror game but sometimes you kind of, it's kind of cartoony rather than horrific right this is horrific like horrific because you there's children involved <laughs> yeah and it's hor- a, a horrific thing is going on that would probably scar children forever and there's a child not that it. it's not horrific and I think it is dead actually, people are walking around eating people but. no but I think it's actually awesome that the main character that you play the Lee guy is in charge of a child the entire time because moral choices when there's a child involved it makes them more serious because you're influencing a little mind right yeah that's going through hell anyway because it's a zombie apocalypse but you have to try and keep this child from not being scared and you have and choices dead. <laughs> yeah and you have choices to make and you know and it's hard i find the game harder because of the children because you have to feed the children at one point, or feed people with a limited amount of food. Do you give it to the children? Do you give it to the adults? Maybe the adults need to be more stronger because they have to fight. The children be all right. Kind of thing. It's, there's lots of questions. And then, like you said, you'll play it again and make all opposite choices yeah. of what you're doing now and just see what the outcome is. I, it's so worth it. It's $20. It's five episodes. There's only two available. Every two months they're putting out an episode. So by the end of the year, you will have all five episodes. It's so worth $20. Even for those two episodes that I've played. If that was it, I would have paid $20. Because 
I can't recommend it highly. They don't enough. last that long, though. A couple hours. Yeah, the first one was two hours. The second one was about three. It's a little bit longer. But for twenty dollars, five episodes, you're getting a full length game. Yeah. Which is cheaper than a normal full length game, right? So, um, I think the pricing is just right, really. And you're getting this top voice acting. You're getting. Um, it's a little bit stilted at times, but you're in it, so you may not be noticing because you're in it, and I'm yeah. just observing or listening from the I feel kitchen. Like if I'm not watching and you're listening, you get a lot more of the, like, oh, that was pretty... Uh, I'm know. way attached to the characters more than exactly. I've been in anything. Like, And, you know, some TV shows you're watching, you really get attached to the characters, one which I'll mention later. That's the whole thing, isn't it? That's if you don't care key. about the characters, no. you don't feel... And I'm attached to these characters. I'm there. I, I love some of them. I hate some of them. I want to respond badly to some of them right. because I despise them. Like, So when it comes to a choice of being nice or bad... It feels right to be bad to them, you know? Like, all, all good to them. So, yeah, they've done a good thing here with this game. Um, and who made it? Telltale Games. And they're the people who made um, the Jurassic Park game just recently, which was terrible. But they also Right, so don't judge them if you're just looking at the maker of No, the if you played that Jurassic Park game and said, I'm not going to play a game by them again. No, look, look, at this is the best thing they've done. I have to say, when I'm watching it, it seems a bit... <sighs> There's not a lot that you do. You when you get into a fight, you you click, and then there's like several seconds before anything happens, and then you have to wait. It's more of a you choose your own again. adventure. It's like um, do you click or don't you click? Or even when you're choice. fighting, though, in the moment, it's like really super delayed to me. Yeah, there isn't fighting As I'm per se. It's not an action game of any kind. Like literally, if there's a zombie coming at you, an X how, pops how up you on the deal screen. with it is you move your cursor over it and press X. That's it. There's nothing skillful. Why do you move your cursor? You have a cursor that you move, and you have to put it on the right spot of the zombie to get the X to show up. So when it's right. coming at you, you've got to wave this... You've got one stick. I wondered why you were always moving it around. Yeah, you move the X, and say say a zombie's coming at you, and your first instinct is, well, I've got to get rid of this zombie somehow. Well, you can't instantly just press X. You have to find the spot where right. it's weak, so it might be his face where you kick it in the face or whatever. And I find that a bit, a bit, I'd be frustrated myself. It's like the game Heavy Rain that I really loved as yeah. well, which is a similar type of concept. It's telling a really good story, but you press buttons at certain times to alter things. It's like that. It's just a bit less sophisticated than that. And the whole graphic style makes it look like a living comic book, which I really like the way it looks, because it's all um, black shaded outlines yeah. like a comic book. So, um, yeah, I recommend it. It's 20 bucks. It's available on PSN, Xbox 360, and the PC on Steam. Uh, 20 bucks for the whole thing. In August, you'll get another episode. I guess it'll be August, right? Just came out now, end of June. Yeah, sometime in August, you'll get another episode. Should episode be the end of July. It's every two months. Oh, two months, right. Yeah. So, um, the other game I've been playing this week is The Amazing Spider-Man. I talked about it last week. I'll just clarify it because we've almost finished it. <laughs> It's a good, amazing. It's a good Spider-Man game. The only problem, if I had to have a problem with it, is Spider-Man has lots of cool villains, but they've all been used by now, haven't they? You know, like we've all seen Doc Ock and stuff. So the lineup of villains in this Spider-Man game is so is like Z-list. Oh, it's like oh, you remember that guy who was in it once in a comic in 1954? <laughs> he's a, he's the buddy. So, so to me... You're not, trying to be purists? Well, to me, not being... I never read Spider-Man comics, really. I mean, bits and pieces. I know the main baddies. This is like... I don't even know who I'm fighting. I'm sure Spider-Man fans love this guy. But, right. And then when you look at his bio, it says he appeared in one episode in 
1954. You're like, well, that's cool for people who read that in 1954. I mean, is it not good enough to make you interested in it, even? It might make me want to read that comic. No, I mean, is that bad guy that you fight, they've made it so bad that you're not even interested just because you don't know who he is? Like, yeah, it's just like Spider-Man and all these Z-list buddies. Right, but why does it matter if they're Z-list if the game itself is interesting enough? Because I don't recognize them. Like, like when Doc Ock comes on the scene, I, I get the, I get the backstory. I get yeah. that, but I mean, are they so bad? They're pretty they're, bad. They're not done well, and the stories aren't interesting. Um, there are some new buddies, and they're literally Transformers. It's the Transformers. The scenes in the game where you f- it feels like Spider-Man versus the Transformers. <laughs> so they're like robots. Like full-on robots that turn into things and you're... Yeah, it's just a bit... I know I don't want him to fight Doc Ock again. He's done it in a billion games. But it just felt a bit like they'd run out of people to use. Like, like oh, we gotta... Instead of like... Are there any women ba- ba- villains? Yeah, the Black Cat is in there. And she's really good. And her sequence with the Black Cat's the best part of the game for me. But there again, the Black Cat's not one of the major Spider-Man villains either, is she? So it's it's there's a cool scene where you rescue the Black Cat and you have to have her on your back. And she's... The girl is... Uh, the voice actress and the, the dialogue that she's saying is real cheeky because like she, she fancies Spider-Man and she's uh. on his back and he likes her. But she's a baddie, so he can, can't possibly be interested in her. And there's this interesting dialogue while he's swinging through the city trying to rescue her. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the, my favourite part of the whole game. But, yeah, it's Amazing Spider-Man. It's a good Spider-Man game. Uh, and this week on Steam, they had a sale on L.A. Noir, which is Rockstar's last game. No, the game before Max Payne 3, like a year ago. And it was $7.50 for the Director's Cut, which is L.A. Noir on the PC... With all the DLC, so it's like... It would have cost you... Have we moved on from Spider-Man now? Yeah. Okay. It would have cost you 90 bucks back then. Well, how would you not notice them? I know, you just sort of breezed into that, as if it was connected somehow. No, it's not connected. Okay. So, um, yeah, LA Noir was $7.50. I purchased it, and I have played it all the way through, but I've never played the DLC, so I'm going to play the DLC. But playing the DLC involves playing the whole game again. So Is it worth it? Yeah, I'm really having fun. And you know what? Funnily enough, I thought it was the kind of game that you can't go through a second time because you know all the cases. But I forgot the cases. I'm like, okay, I should know who murdered who here, but I can't remember. Or how to answer the questions. Yeah, so so, yeah, it is fun to play it again. So that's L.A. Noir. And finally, the Mass Effect Effect 3. Do you remember how it had a bad ending and people didn't like the ending? Mm -hmm. I didn't actually mind it. The ending was fine for me. But... Bioware pandered to all the fanboys and Dear. made, a, made a, a patch that changes the endings. Free? For free. Hmm. Um, Interesting. I wish they wouldn't have pandered to them all, to be honest. I wish they would have just said, look, this is what we did and that's it. But no, they made these new endings. Now, I'm not going to go back and play a game that I've finished just to see a new ending again. Really? Well, no, I'm not going to sit through 30... Well, you can, can, but I'm not going to sit through a few hours of stuff I've already done to see this new ending. So I went on YouTube and watched the new ending. All the new endings. They are better. This is my opinion. The endings are better because they clarify a few more things. But they're not great. Do you remember that theory that I told you on YouTube that somebody had, which was awesome? He explained every single point. That is an awesome ending. These are just... visualize, but it's not real. It's not real at all. These endings are just more fleshed out versions of the endings that were already there. So, um, 
I don't didn't really like it. I mean, did it make everybody happy? It made everybody happy, but to me, it should have been there in the first place. If that's if they thought that was the better ending, when why wasn't it already in there? Or were they just pandering? It took them like six months to make it, or four months or something, to make this new ending. It must have been that long, huh? Um, but to me, I don't want to play through a game again that I've already finished, because whatever your new ending is, unless it's completely different than the ending I experienced, it isn't going to be as impactful on me. Because you already know the whole thing, and... Yeah, because I already know kind of how it ends, and you're just telling me a bit more extra information of how it ended, the, the questions that I might have had. You're going to explain those. That's all right. But as you know, have you, if you've seen Blade Runner and then you go and watch the director's cut of Blade Runner, yeah, it's different, and there's a couple of added scenes, but it doesn't really change the whole no. experience. It's not like, oh, yeah, wow, that's so much better now. It doesn't erase... What you already know. Exactly. So that's how I see that. And finally, I've been watching Mad Men on Netflix. It's fantastic. <laughs> really? Show. I hadn't noticed. Um, <laughs> Breaking Bad's one of my favorite shows ever on AMC. Um, Mad Men is is so good. Do you like Mad Men? I do. I don't have the same like the other day. We watched like three or four in a row, and that was awesome. But then I can also, after you've watched three or four in a row, and I'm in the kitchen, and then you and then you're watching one. You, if you quickly update me. I, I because I've got to know all the characters now, and you say Pete said this and did that, and Peggy did this and did that. Then I've already got who they are, and I can piece it all together. So it's it's so good, so well written, such an interesting idea. I mean, it's on paper it sounds like it might be. Why would that be interesting? But they're so well written, the characters and the the development of them is and well done. Yeah, and it's really slow the development of the characters, which I like. It's not... They don't move things... Like, it take a whole season sometimes just to get to a point, like... Yeah. Um, which we just... Characters don't seem to come and go very quickly. That's no, sure. and there are some awesome characters, like um, the Moriarty guy who... From Sherlock Holmes. Um, I mean, I don't know that his character's awesome. He doesn't have that much. And you just I think like of his, him because he's Moriarty. I, yeah, no, I like his character. I like how he is the... He's kind of stuck. On one side of the fence... People look at him as this guy who's in charge and all together. But on the other side of the fence, he's nothing to the, to these people. Yep. He's just this dude. And he's also sort of like, uh, he's got to deal with his wife. He has to have these two and, sides yep. to him. Um, and same. every character has all that. They've all, they're all complex. They're all, yeah, in fact, this is funny because I use a service called Get Glue to check into um, shows so I can like keep a log of all the shows I've watched. And I checked into Mad Men for like the 30th time the other day and it said... You've watched Mad Men 30 times now. Um, here's a sticker. And the sticker was, you like flawed characters in your <laughs> in your uh, TV shows. So I was like, yeah, I guess I do. Breaking Bad, yeah. Shameless, Mad Men. Um, Aren't they all, though, when you think about movies and TV shows? Everybody's messed up. Yeah, but, you know, if you, if you watch Mad Men, there are, everybody's a flawed character. Everybody. There's yeah. nobody who is completely uh, on the up and up. So, yeah, Mad Men AMC, uh, season five just finished. Seasons one to four are on Netflix. So, um, if you've never seen it. Because you're running near the end? Oh, I'm not near the end. I'm uh, near the end of season three. I've got two more seasons to go. Um, And Breaking Bad starts next week, so that makes me happy. And we've got True Blood that's now building back up again. And Dexter, straight after that. So, they're my. Yeah, Dexter's another flawed character that I like. Every character's flawed, though. Yeah. 
Those are just extremes. Don Draper is extremely flawed. I mean, we can label them that, but I can go back to Bewitched and they're flawed. They're flawed. Her husband's flawed. So, you know, it's everybody. And I'm not one to, like, get on the shows. In fact, I kind of like it better. Like, some people are like, oh, i got to watch shows as they come out so I can stand around the water cooler and gossip about them, that kind of thing. I like to discover a show, like, four years after everybody else. Because mm-hmm. it's like, all that... I've never paid attention to the Mad Men, so I don't know, like, week to week what's happened. I don't, People have never said, oh, Don Draper did this, did right. that. So I don't know anything. So I come into it like it's four years old. And it's like a brand new thing for me, like Breaking Bad. I watched it like three years after it had come out, right? Yeah. Um, it's the best way to do it, I think. Just wait until there's, a, until there's at least three seasons and then start watching it. Um, yeah, because I don't like little bit of shows. I like a lot of bits. Yeah, me too. I like <laughs> to sit down in an afternoon like where we, you know, we oh, yeah. no, nothing to do, but let's just watch four episodes yep. of Mad Men. Wednesday, I had my day off, and it was just awesome. I literally sat on the couch for about five hours. We just watched Mad Men back to back to back. Ate, uh, ate a bunch of M&Ms and chip, hot potato chips, and every time an episode's over, you'd say, oh, another one? Yes. <laughs> well, and there's another one. Gotta pee? Gotta pee. Pause. Go pee. Make a cup of tea. Come back. Watch some more Mad Men. That's good. Excellent show. So um, it's like a very long movie. That's why we like it. I think. Yeah, I think so too. And plus, character development definitely works better in a TV show than it does in a movie. Because when you do it right. Yeah, when you do it right. So uh, yeah, because I, I don't find any parts of Mad Men to be boring. Because I'm always like, oh wow, yeah, I forgot. You know, it's a I think bit this of that. is why we got sick of Lost. It was like on a treadmill. Yeah. There was nothing. The un the unveiling of things was so boring, and it's like and sensationalizing like, stuff. Yeah, all the time. and it was so, uh, it was just a treadmill. It was the same thing, and then this one, you could argue that some of it's a little bit overworked kind of material, but then it goes boom over here where you don't <laughs> like a lawnmower in an mm-hmm. office, you know that kind of thing. You go, oh, that just threw something really wild. Like I've in never there. seen that before, and it's also examining sort of a fictional but parallel to the reality of the history of advertising in America and the influence that it had on the world. And where it intersperses real events. Television. Where, where it's the day Marilyn Monroe died. Yeah. Or it's the day Nixon, you know, was... It, it does intersperse. Um, yeah. JFK. It, we haven't got this, there yet. Not yet, but it will. I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's so huge like it was going, going to. Um, bye Bye Birdie. You know, there's things from real life that are in there. And advertising campaigns that are real. Because I was reading about it and they chose real advertising campaigns. Get permission from the... Yeah. You know. So, um, yeah, that's Mad Men, uh, AMC, fantastic. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? What's for dinner is some veggie. We're going to have whatever I find, but I think just from thinking of what we have, there'll be some veggie burger going on of some kind. There That's will good. be some orzo cooked, and I, in there I'll put some peas and maybe what other other vegetables Rice. I can you find. You could put Brussels sprouts in it. I could I could roast up. I have a few Brussels sprouts in the freezer. Sure. I know, I know you do. And uh, then we have this leftover vegetable soup, which has a really fantastic broth. I made homemade vegetable soup the other day. It has some potatoes in it. I'm going to maybe chop that up a little bit and maybe toss that with the orzo. I don't know yet. It's an open book. And then we have lemon cookies for dessert. The cheapest, cheap Cheap, cheap, cheap lemon they cookies. They go down to the cheap oh, lemon yeah. cookies. Oh, my God. I love lemon like cookies. Just, they're just le- like, lemon like Oreos, cookies. they kind of like, aren't they? But they're lemon. Yeah. yeah. And um, my advice for the week, I don't know if this is advice, but it's a statement. Expectations breed 
disappointment. Now, some might say, oh, well, if we have no expectations of anything or anybody or of ourselves, what's the point? Why do anything? Well, that's not really what I'm talking about. Like, your expectation of someone, their behavior and reaction to you is often like a hang-up you have or a damage that's inside you or a thing that's wrong with you. Just admit it. Something, something's wrong with you. Wild character. And, yes. And that then has made, that's created your expectation of the other person in a way that they have no clue why anything. They don't know what it is you expect of them. So when they don't live up to that and you haven't said it to them, you're disappointed and they're like, and they're like, what? I, why, uh, you know. Why do I have to live up to what? And I just think, when you think about parents putting like harsh expectations on children, bosses putting them on employees, spouses on each other, even friends on each other, like, rethink sometimes when you've said or done something and the other person doesn't react precisely the way you wanted them to. Is it them or is it you? Like, did you set yourself up to be disappointed? Because you already knew how you wanted them to react, and then they didn't. Is it their fault? Because you have a thing? No. No. If they're aware of you, and who you are, and how what you expect of them, and it's something that you both understand is a benefit to them, and yes, their reaction should be this or that, just for, you know, logical reasons, then yeah, it that makes sense. But when it's sort of these hidden things inside of us... And you say you're at work and you think X, Y, and Z, and then your coworkers and your bosses do A, B, C, and D. First of all, they don't give a shit what you expect of them. They really don't. And second of all, they don't know. So you're sitting there festering, this like, well, they should shouldn't act that way and they shouldn't behave that way, and I said this and they should have thought that, and I've done this and they should be thankful and they should do this. You know what? Nobody else cares except for you. You're the only one disappointing yourself. And I apply it to myself. I have the same kind of things. I have to separate what this person in the bigger picture should be behaving like, not only for myself, but for life. And is it just me? So, there you go. And to be honest, I don't care if I live up to anyone else's expectations. So, (laughs) I don't care what you think of how I should behave or what I should say or do because... That's the way I should apply it to other people. They don't care either what I want. No. Or what I think. or what, Unless, again, it's beneficial to them and it's a life lesson that really should be learned or understood or improves them as a person or me as a person. Those are different things. I'm just talking about the sort of constant, oh, why didn't he say that? And oh, why did she act that way? And mm, she behaved, you know, that kind of stuff. And it just rips you down. And, and the truth is it's probably your own doing. So, there you go. Okay, life lesson learned. <laughs> Anything uh, else on your agenda? <laughs> Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough? Yes. Yeah. All right, then. Thanks for listening to the show. I Do you think any of that applies to you as my husband, possibly? No. You're incorrect. <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? Well, I think that's a bigger conversation. I'm talking about myself and my expectations of people. Oh. And how that works with every relationship. And how it could be very easy as a wife, as a woman... To when you say things or the your husband does or whatever does a thing or says a thing, and your instant brick wall comes up of like, oh, 
what was that for? Why did you say that? Why do you think that? Why did you ask me that? Why are you doing that? And in fact, you're oblivious. You are oblivious. And I'm the one who's... Yes, there are a lot of times when I have said things that I do expect or want or whatever. And then that just sort of blows through you. And wives, you know what I mean. Just goes in and out. And that's just the way it is. You can remember every motherboard a company's ever made. But you may not remember what I just told you five minutes ago about when my mother's coming to town. Because you don't care about that. That's fine. But that is where the expectations come in. I expect you to listen to every single thing I say. You're not gonna, because nobody does. I expect you to think it's important. And you're not gonna, because it isn't. Correct. So, it, but your first reaction is, and you do it as well, but it goes both ways. And then you just have to uh, peel it away and figure out, you know, okay, is this really important? Am I the one causing myself grief? Because look at him. He's just doing whatever. He doesn't even care. He doesn't even know what I'm thinking about. It doesn't affect him whatsoever. Okay, this one's just me. This one's me. So let it go. All right, so thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our websites, ascully.com. You'll all be better people because of it. Yes, ascully.com and sidtor.com. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. The Zoom Marketplace is the place to go if you've got a Zoom or an Xbox or whatever. I do, I do. Um, if you've got an Xbox even or a Windows 8 thing or a, <laughs> the Windows 8 tablet. How about Windows 95? No. Um, so you can you can download uh, this podcast there or the iTunes Music Store if you're the iOS type device. Could you? If you had an old Windows 95 machine, even listen to a podcast these yeah. days. Yes. Through a browser. Plays MP3s and everything? Yes. Hmm. I didn't think it could handle it. I think you had to load a codec up, but I think it would work. Yeah. Because the it's new browser automatic. would point you You would have to really yeah. do it all yourself. Who uses yeah. Windows 95? <laughs> Somebody somewhere. Somebody. Um... Yeah, so you can also catch this podcast on the com. Just click on the word podcast. All your subscription needs can be met there. Email me at aschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschoolyacheschool